the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk you can believe in. True Talk 800. True Talk 800. Moving into the one o'clock hour now on your Friday and time to join Mike Lee live for Difference Makers here on True Talk 800. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My pal Chris Williams is across the glass and across the desk today. We've got a friend from Pleasant Valley Church. His name is Greg Phillips. He serves as associate pastor at Pleasant Valley Church, located on 172nd Avenue, just north of Sunnyside Road in Happy Valley, with services on Saturday mornings at 9, 10, and at 11.40, plus a Bible study Saturday mornings at 10.30, and Wednesday nights at 6.45, and the mission of Pleasant Valley Church is to invite all to join them in becoming fully devoted followers of Christ, and as they exalt Christ, to cherish people and to treasure truth. So, welcome, Pastor Greg. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Mike. Something else that we're very excited about is you are going to be joining our friends at Adventist Medical Center for First Friday. First Friday, you may have heard about in the past from various other guests like Pastor George Gaynor, also of Pleasant Valley Church, and Dr. Terry from 104.1 The Fish. Adventist Medical Center is just south of Mall 205 on Southeast Market Street in Portland. And what's really neat about First Friday is it's a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. No reservations whatsoever are needed to just attend and enjoy, but you can qualify for an optional dinner free of charge if you RSVP online. They generally ask for it to be a couple of weeks in advance before East uh, each first Friday, but the Pleasant Valley Worship Band will be there as well. So, Pastor Greg, are you excited about being the keynote speaker at First Friday? Super excited to be there. It's going to be a it's going to be a great evening together. Um a couple months ago when Pastor George spoke over there, I had the chance to uh, to show up with Pastor Randy, our worship pastor, and actually got to play bass with him that night. And uh, both of us were just commenting afterwards, this was just a really fun evening together. And uh, the, the, the folks who showed up for that evening's worship were just super into it. It was a great evening together. Well, we've heard about First Friday at Advanced Medical Center plenty of times from the various other guest keynote speakers, as well as from Dr. Terry Johnson of Adventist Health. So tell us, how was it for your first time going there, playing on platform and helping do music behind Pastor George? What was your take of First Friday? I think both Pastor Randy and I just said afterwards, this was super fun because everyone there there was just really engaged. And uh, I, I think um, the, I don't know, if I'm sure that probably some of the listener base from the radio station here and maybe from the fish were, were there. They, they knew the songs, they were just into the worship time. And uh, it was just it was just a fun a fun gig to play and 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 lead out in and uh, we we were blessed to be there. What a great venue to have a get together to kind of bring church to the people as opposed yep. to trying to drag the people to church, especially in an era where 
Many of us don't work Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and have easy banker's hours. There are people working weekends and multiple jobs. But to be able to invite the entire community to come to Adventist Medical Center in Portland, it's just a a neat thing to do. So if you were to guess, Pastor Greg, when you were playing bass behind the band and Pastor George and the Pleasant Valley Church team, would you say that most of the people were already at the hospital, or did they come from outside of it? For instance, I would presume that a lot of people would be there if they had relatives in the hospital, anyone from about to give birth or to dine or in between. But did you notice a lot of people from outside of the medical community? Absolutely. there was a, It was a great mix. And I think one of the things that's unique about it is that um, you had everybody from folks that came from the community. We um, talked, Pastor George spoke about his experience with cancer. And so there were people there that were right in the, in the heart of their experience going through um, a difficult time in the hospital or family members. I saw a patient that showed up with like a hospital, you know, IV pole with them and oh, had come great. down from their room. And uh, even, you know, some some hospital employees that were there with scrubs and, you know, white coats on. So I, I think it's just a, a really unique mix of, of everyone being invited and, and a real mixed table. Pretty cool. And if you go to truetalk800.com and peruse the Difference Makers page, friends, I'll make sure to leave up all the links, not only for Pleasant Valley Church, but also for Adventist Medical Center and how to get involved and attend a First Friday. So maybe you've never been a regular churchgoer. Maybe you used to go, but you haven't lately. Or maybe you've never set foot in a church in your entire life. Let me encourage you that Adventist Medical Center is just a nice pretty, bright, wide-open venue. It's a non-threatening situation, and if you RSVP on the website, you can even get yourself a free meal. So overall, Pastor Greg, do you feel that many people in the Adventist church go out of their way to stay healthy and eat better foods than what's commonly available? Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Um, It varies person to person, of course, but uh, overall, there's definitely a, a uh, push in the direction of trying to um, pursue a healthy lifestyle, and and that includes all kinds of things like you know the the, uh, the the food that we eat is a piece of that, obviously, but also health practices and exercise. And my wife talks to me regularly about getting enough sleep and you know drinking water and all those kinds of things. All of those go together in in helping us to to be more healthy people. And bottom line is that you know the the Bible talks about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we want to take care of, uh, of our, our bodies. God wants to be happy. So there are good things on the surface that we're pointing you toward, whether that's health, sleep, rest, good diet, taking care of yourself. But there's a deeper reason behind that. So do you believe that overall, Pastor Greg, that our friends in the Adventist Church are more uh, knowledgeable about that? Or it seems to come more to the forefront when I think about all of the health-related clinics Mm -hmm. and issues and opportunities that our Adventist friends have shown the Portland community. Yeah. There's um, Adventist Medical Center has some incredible outreaches to the community, and there's there's been a strong historical um, movement for health and health practices in the Adventist Church. National Geographic published a, a whole story a number of years ago. Um, looking at three population groups in the in the world that live on average ten years or longer than the general public, and Adventists were one of those were one of those people groups. So it's it's been it's something that's been noted by lots of lots of researchers and scientists. So over lunch, Pastor Greg and I were talking about getting away and the benefits of enjoying nature in particular. 
I like to take my wife out. Well, I should do it more often than I do, but I grew up on Long Island in suburbia, about 45 minutes east of New York City. And between 15 and 30 minutes of going either north or south, there was the beach. There was the Atlantic Ocean, and it was easy enough. But now that I'm out here, if you want to get to the coast, you really have to plan ahead of time. It's going to be a solid hour. Worse if it's a vacation weekend trying to cut through uh, the Otis Cafe area to go to Lincoln City. It's a bit more of an undertaking, which requires planning. But I'm telling you, when we're out there seeing God's great creation, hearing the waves crash against the coast, I can't quantify why, but somehow it's therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, it's that's absolutely true. By the way, um, I'm glad that you called it the coast because we might have called it the shore, right? Mike and I both have some uh, history but on that's the, right, east coast. From the east coast. <laughs> Actually, that's how you could tell Long Island is from New Jersey people. That's right. We would call it the beach. That's right. But you would call it the shore. Oh, yeah, those of us who but lived in New Jersey would call it, it, it the must shore. Be the coast. Yeah. But we were spoiled on the east coast, friends, because it seemed like if you went down to Jones Beach or Fire Island or Robert Moses, you had a lifeguard Baywatch style every bunch of yards, and the waves really weren't that bad. So when I look back to my New York days and had friends helicopter parenting over their kids going into three feet of water, I chuckle over it because here in the Pacific Northwest, it's just violent going out into the water. Yeah. We hear horror stories. It, it seems every year about a tragic loss or drowning because you can't really go to the coast in the Pacific Northwest like you could have gone to the beach on the Jersey Shore or on Long Island in New York. It's a lot more violent yeah, I think you know my family. We enjoy we enjoy paddling a canoe uh, and actually do that in the ocean. Uh, it's it may sound crazy, but that happens a lot. And uh, we love. There's an area up in uh, the west coast of Vancouver Island called the Broken Group Islands. We go up there. We'll paddle out there for for a week at a time. And I was just telling you over lunch. It, it you come back with just this deep sense of you know soul satisfying peace. And um, it's just to be able to unplug and uh, and and just have a time where you're just really connecting with your creator. You know, um, the more we live our lives in front of computer screens, the 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 less um, we we connect with with God through His creation. And um, it's a, it's such a significant thing to to you know the Bible says the heavens reveal the glory of God, and that's so significant. Which is not to suggest raising your family in a bubble and never going anywhere or never encountering people who aren't carbon copies of yourselves. But at the same time, I think that it's too easy for us to neglect God's creation and to have no agenda, go outside and just look around, especially if we're not the outdoorsy camper types like you and your family are, Greg. Yeah, that's 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 true. Get outside. It doesn't you don't have to go camp. Go outside and look at the stars. Drive somewhere where there's no light and look up and, and just be in awe of, of the creation and, and remember your creator that created that. Smell it in, friends. So we've got about a couple of minutes before we hit break. Can you give us the big picture of what you might be sharing about on first Friday? Sure. As I was talking with Dr. Terry about um uh, what what this first Friday was going to look like, uh he, he said, Hey, just we want you to share from your own life experience and um uh, so he asked me, you know, what experience that I had that, that, that might speak to as many people as possible. Um, growing up, uh, grew up in, in a typical, uh, typical family in a lot of ways, um, was lived a pretty sheltered life and didn't have a lot of difficult stuff happen to me. Um, but 
uh, in our early adulthood, my wife and I uh, were ready to start a family. We, we, we um, ended up losing our first child. And so I'm going to be sharing a little bit about um, what it looks like at the intersection of, of real life and real faith. When we, when we go through hard times, um, how, do we, how do we not only survive those times, but how do we thrive in the midst of those times? And you know, what have I learned about life and faith through, through that experience? Pastor Greg Phillips serves at Pleasant Valley Church on 172nd Avenue, just north of Sunnyside Road in Happy Valley, with services on Saturday mornings at 9, 10, and at 1140. And coming up, he will be speaking at Adventist Medical Center for First Friday. Adventist Medical Center is located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205, and it's a non-denominational worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. Absolutely free. All the details will be up on our website at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. When we return, more with Pastor Greg Phillips on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with Associate Pastor Greg Phillips, visiting from Pleasant Valley Church on 172nd Avenue, just north of Sunnyside Road in Happy Valley. Check out their Bible studies, Saturday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday nights at 645. And maybe you're between churches or you haven't plugged in yet, or you're in the Happy Valley area. They've got services on Saturdays. 9, 10, and 11.40 a.m., inviting all to join them in becoming fully devoted followers of Christ as they exalt Christ, cherish people, and treasure truth. And what's really neat, Pastor Craig, is that you've been invited to be the keynote speaker at the very next First Friday. That's at Adventist Medical Center in Portland, a place that's not uh, uncommon or, or new to you, right? Yeah, that's true. I I, uh, I love uh, Adventist Medical Center and the the uh, the people of Adventist Medical Center. I actually used to work on the staff there as an emergency room nurse in the ER there. We're going to have to delve deeper into that <laughs> as we learn more about your background. But something that Chris Williams pointed out is hospitals are big places. And sometimes if you're not used to going there frequently, and, and if you're healthy enough not to, good for you. Part of me is kind of jealous. But it could be daunting trying to find an exact place. So where within Adventist Medical Center on Southeast Market Street will we be able to find First Friday? Sure. Yeah, just park in the main parking lot and come in the front entrance of the hospital. When you do that, you'll just walk straight down the hall that's in front of you and you'll come to an area with the elevators and a, like an open stairwell. You can either go down the stairs or uh, take the elevators down one level. You'll see like a grand piano there, big open atrium area. And right off of that area, there's a, an amphitheater room. You'll, you'll know you're in the right place because there'll be people there to welcome you. Glad to hear that. And you were mentioning that you're going to share about wrestling with your own personal tragedy. So before we get into just... Uh, what you might be speaking about that night. Can we backtrack for you, Greg Phillips? Where did you grow up in the first place? Well, I was born in Spokane, Washington. So my, my, uh, my family, Eastern Washington, kind of home for my family. My um, 
grandfather, uh, my great grandfather immigrated from Denmark and settled in that area. My grandfather had seven brothers and uh, they all uh, were from that area, were farmers. And so that's where I was born and uh, spent uh, the first um, maybe 10 years of my life or so in eastern Washington, northern Idaho, that area, kind of around Spokane. So how did you like the area? And, and were all these relatives in, in the same neck of the woods? Not all of them, um, but I did grow up with uh, a lot of a lot of uh, a big big extended family. I, I remember one family reunion. My, we had a photograph taken, and the the printer called my mom and said, "Hey, your church photo is ready." <laughs> That's our family, like 150 people in it. Um, <laughs> so we we uh, we grew up with lots of cousins, and we were all together at harvest time. Um, so grew up with a close a close knit family. Loved that area. That's actually where I first developed my love for the mountains um, and for hiking, backpacking, climbing, mountaineering, all that kind of stuff. Was just growing up in 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 eastern Washington and northern Idaho and, and having those experiences with my family. Sounds like a great region to have lots of family members as well as being in the great outdoors. That's true. Uh, all that came crashing down uh, when I was in the middle of my seventh grade year. My dad sat our family down and told us that we were moving to New Jersey. And I can remember going to the old encyclopedia and looking up New Jersey and reading about it. And uh, I I can't remember the exact elevation, but High Point, New Jersey, something like four thousand some feet. And I and I remember just um, being in tears about the idea of leaving and going out there. So my family spent um, seven years living out in New Jersey. My dad was a pastor, and uh, that was where he felt that God was calling our family. And uh, so we I, I graduated from a high school out there, and it was really during high school I was uh, in. Um, in high school, I, I was kind of going down my own path and making decisions that were, were hurtful to myself and to others around me and um, uh, just had walked away from God. And it was my junior year of high school, um, a speaker came. I went to a Christian school, and even though I wasn't really walking as a Christian at that point in my life, uh, a speaker came and, and spoke at our, our school. And during that week, I can't even remember the topic necessarily, but I remember that God really broke through to me and helped me to see that I was going down a path of destruction. And uh, I... I responded to what I think was definitely a, a move of the Holy Spirit in my life, and I basically said, God, I want to turn my life around and, and go your direction. And so that week was a real turning point in my life. Um, the last two years of my high school experience were still challenging, but um, I was on a different path. So for those of us who have been through moves, for instance, my wife and I moved out from the East Coast nine and a half years ago. And although I firmly believe we're being obedient to God's calling, it was particularly tough on my kids, the oldest of whom was only nine years old back then. So for for families who are going through a move right now, do you have any tidbits or advice for them when it comes to uprooting and starting over for their kids? Well, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because uh, the first question, you know, and I think in any of us that are facing making a transition is um, asking, is this the right timing? And you got to really pray through that and ask God, is this is this really a call from you? And and I do believe that that was the case in in my family situation. Even though for me as a seventh grader, making that move across the country was really tough. I look back at it now and I realize that in, even in those difficult moments, and and there was a lot of loneliness for me. I didn't feel accepted in that new environment and. And yeah, we were, I was sharing with you over lunch. I, I I didn't grow up playing sports, and I went to a I went ended up going to a school where that was like you were totally judged on your ability, athletic ability, 
I mean, I got up and, and we played softball the first time. I took a big swing, hit the ball, and I stopped at first base because I didn't know the rules of the game even. And, and you can imagine how much I was laughed at. And, and uh, you know, so for me, I, I, those were difficult times. But I look back at that and I realized that, that God, God had something bigger in mind and that he was, he was teaching me things about myself and teach, you know, I think for all of us, we got to come to the place where we realize that, you know, we, we rely on God and our approval comes from him. And, you know, some of those hard lessons that as a teenager are tough to learn. Uh, You know, my dad passed away at the age of 59. um, And one of the questions that we ended up talking about right before he died, I said, dad, what, what were you thinking when we moved across the the country together? And uh, he, he, it was a great moment of conversation for us, and he shared a little bit about uh, what what he said, though, that really struck me was he said, at the time, I wondered if I'd made the biggest mistake of my life. And, and he goes, I think that God had, God knew that you needed to go through that experience in order to, to make a solid commitment to him and, and to to be in a place where your faith was going to be unwavering. And and so sometimes in that moment we don't have a clue what God is doing. It seems like maybe we've been abandoned or whatever. And and then you know maybe now with the the benefit of twenty years of hindsight looking back or thirty years of hindsight looking back, we understand something different that we didn't see at the time. Mm. So, Pastor Greg Phillips, how young were you when your father passed away? Well, you're going to ask me to do math now. Um, well, so, you know what, let's get to that in just a second, because that, that's actually connected with what I'm going to share um, a little bit about my son. Is that is that good if we talk about that in a second? Oh, please do. That's okay. quite fine. All right. Um, so, I, I, I haven't shared with you about my family. I'm, I'm, I'm married. My wife and I just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Um, and so, we got married when we were young. I was actually still in, in, in college, uh, between my junior and senior year of college, um, was in nursing school, actually, and uh, we were living in Southern California, just a very carefree time. Um, lots did, of. Did you meet at college? We 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 I, I met actually um, through my sister. She didn't inter- introduce us and set us up necessarily, but I was visiting her at, at her college. We went to separate colleges, and so, I ended so where up, was your sister going at this point? She was at a, a college in Eastern Washington called Walla Walla University. And and so I came to visit her there. We went to a picnic in the park with like thirty of her friends. I ended up sitting across the table from this 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 beautiful woman named Sandy. And we it was like the world around us just disappeared. I've never really believed in love at first sight, and I don't know that I still do, but I do know that it didn't take very long. I think I came home from like our third or fourth date and I told my dad, I want to marry this girl. Just an incredible woman. And um my intuition uh, I guess was right on this one. I think that God that God knew that she was the one for me. It's been a it's been a it hasn't been an easy twenty five years, but it's been a wonderful thing being married to my best friend. And uh, we've had we've had just even through some of the lows, we've had an amazing experience together. Um, so we 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 met. We ended up um, uh, marrying. We lived in Southern California. We were both working as emergency room nurses uh, down there in Southern California. We worked in the same department actually, which was kind of kind of crazy. Um, and, and, uh, eventually we ended up moving up here to Portland and, uh, my wife, uh, gra- graduated from Oregon health sciences university and, and is a family nurse practitioner. Both of us were working at Adventist medical center here in Portland. We worked in the emergency department here together as well at, at Adventist medical center. So that's how I know my way around the building. And, uh, we got to a place where we were ready to, to, to think about starting a family. Um, and we, we we did that with a great deal of naivete. You know, I think that, you know, most of us think that it's just, it's an amazing thing. Um, and 
that you know we don't even think about the risks that are associated with um, the process of of pregnancy and the development of a of a new life. Went to our twenty week ultrasound. It was in the clinic where my wife worked. We were living in Medford at the time, um, and I had already made a transition to to, to pastoral ministry at that place. Uh, and and we went to this this medical appointment um, thinking that we were going to learn the sex of our baby at twenty weeks and. Uh, the, the ultrasound tech was a friend of my wife's. It was a clinic where we worked and it just got really quiet in the room and we realized that something wasn't right. And we, we learned during that visit that our, our son has a serious, uh, heart defect called critical aortic stenosis. We got the bad news from the doctor at that point. Within a couple of days, we were at the perinatologist's office and ended up going to all kinds of consults and come, came to a place where we, we were basically just, um, getting no's from everyone. We we um, weren't finding any any medical solutions at all. Tough place to be. I, I would think that especially because both you and Sandy were so medically educated, it, it must have been a, a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, we, we had worked at Loma Linda University Medical Center in Southern California, which is one of the primary uh, pioneering infant heart transplant programs. And to have doctors there tell us, hey, there's nothing we can do for your baby. It's like, where else do we turn? Um, of course, we had been turning to God all along. We were praying for a miracle, um, and we didn't we didn't uh, we didn't know what the what the future was going to hold. But we we were trusting in God, and we knew that even if we didn't get the answer to the prayers that we'd been praying the way we wanted it, that God was going to be with us through that. That's a that's a tough place though, because that's that's where the rubber meets the road when it comes to our real lives and faith. There are plenty of songs that we play on our sister station, 104.1 The Fish, dealing with the even-if question, whether it's from, say, Mercy Me or from Cutlass, that I personally have found reassuring and encouraging. But if you were speaking to anyone right now going through an issue or a difficulty in carrying, what would you tell them? Well, I would say, number one, I would say God meets us when we're at our lowest points. Um, He's with us in those moments. And uh, one thing I would say that kind of comes out of our story, and we'll we'll have more opportunities to share a little bit more about that story, um, is is just the idea that um, when you're praying and asking God for the big miracle, be open to and don't miss all the little miracles along the way. Great words of wisdom from Pastor Greg Phillips from Pleasant Valley Church. He will be the keynote speaker at Adventist Medical Center. They're located on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205 in Portland for First Friday, which is a non-denominational worship experience held in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. We'll make sure to give all the details at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. And when we return, more with Pastor Greg on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. True Talk 800. Listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My name is Mike Lee, and across the desk, I have Associate Pastor from Pleasant Valley Church, Greg Phillips. Maybe you're in between churches. If you want to check them out, they're in Happy Valley on 172nd Avenue, just north of Sunnyside Road in Happy Valley, with services Saturday mornings at 9, 10, and 1140. And being in the modern era, maybe you'd like to check them out online first. You are more than welcome to and able to at their website. 
pvclife.com for a full-service live streamed. That's pvclife.com for Pleasant Valley Church. And if you go to YouTube on their YouTube channel, PVC Life, that's PVC Life, you can check out their sermons. So good job on your part. Pastor Greg, and Thanks, you can check him out live as the keynote speaker at First Friday coming to Adventist Medical Center on Southeast Market Street in Portland, just south of Mall 205. Basically, past the elevators, go downstairs, and when you're near the grand piano, you'll be right near the room where First Friday will be held. Absolutely free. It's a worship experience in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center. So in addition to being the speaker, will you be also in the Pleasant Valley Worship Band that night, Pastor Greg? So I I don't think so. I try not to put myself in a situation where I'm speaking and playing on the same night um, and do that also at, at PVC, at church. Um, but I just wanted to say thanks for the thanks for mentioning the the YouTube channel and our and our website. Um, if you want to uh, check out the sermon I preached this last weekend, um, we're in the middle of a, a, a series right now called Uncommon Love. It's based out of uh, John 13, verse 34, where Jesus basically says, hey, this is the way that I've loved you. That's how you're supposed to love each other. And this year, that's our focus, Uncommon Love. So the message I talked about this last week was called Uncommon Love Uninhibited. What does it look like when all the restraints that we normally carry around with us are thrown off and we really love people just with freedom? And uh, so hopefully people can check out that message. So, Pastor Greg, do you believe that we as the church as a whole, not any one particular denomination or congregation, but Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ, Mm -hmm. the mainstream church of the Pacific Northwest, do you believe that there's certain areas that we're really great at, whereas others, we need need a little help? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's—every church has its strengths and weaknesses, and uh, and we—and, you know, one of the things that we were talking about when we were thinking about this theme for 2018, Uncommon Love, any church that thinks about that, you know, would have to say— Ask the question: Is it is it okay for us to to say this is this is our theme for this year? Um, from the standpoint that we know that we're broken people, we're imperfect, we don't get it right a lot of the times, and we're striving to love the way that Jesus loves. But we're a work in progress. So hey, that that's good. My dad used to always say, if you ever find the perfect church, don't join it because <laughs> it won't be perfect anymore. There you um, go. We're all we're all human, and you know whether wherever whatever story we bring, we're all doing the best that we can, and God's calling us to just take a you know press in and take another step with Him. So one of the things that Pastor Gray will be sharing at First Friday at Adventist Medical Center will be about their own personal tragedy, meaning him and his wife Sandy in the loss of their beautiful son Aiden James, who died at just eight days of age. But God knows what he does, and maybe in the big tapestry of life, we might not find out why on this earth. But in your case, you were able to have kids afterwards. Yes. So tell us how it's been for you being a pastor's kid and now raising pastor's kids. (laughs) Well, I want to tell you that um, raising kids, pastor's kids or not, has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I have... Uh, I have three three children. My son Aiden, who you've already mentioned. Uh, I have a daughter Keely, who's fourteen, and my youngest McKenna um, is just turned thirteen. So I have two teenage girls in the house. It's been a it's been a great thing. You know, ever since uh, our daughters were born, people would say things like, "Oh, just wait until they're teenagers." And now we got two teenagers, and I'm loving this stage of life. It's it's a great thing. Uh, parenting is not for the faint of heart, of course. <laughs> I think any parent would tell you that, but it's been there's been a lot of joy in this journey and uh 
we're we're just grateful. I think I, I'm pretty sure that losing a child makes you all that much more grateful for the reality of what it means to have that that love and affection and to be able to share that relationship with with your children. I've seen that time and and time again. Unfortunately, those of us who have lost children over the years, whether it's by accident or medical problem or miscarriage, it seems that we have a, a secret society that nobody wants to be a part of. But once we're in it, we have greater hearts for those who are going through yep, problems with their right. own because it's unnatural. I mean, when when our parents get old and pass on before us, while sad, there's a bit of expectedness to it, if that's a word. But yep. having to say goodbye to a child just feels so against the grain of what we like to think that we yes. should yes. be experiencing. That's right. We weren't designed for goodbyes at all. Well, no matter what the age is, there's never a good time for a goodbye. But when you lose a, a, a maybe an aged parent, you're you're grieving the the memories. Um, and and but with a child, you're you're grieving the fact that you didn't have the opportunity to make those memories, and you're grieving also the loss of the influence of that child's life in the world. I think as parents, we hope for and pray for the very best, like that our children are going to be difference makers, if I can borrow something from the name of this show. Um, and I, you know, I think that our dream f- uh, for Aiden before we knew um, what we know now were, were that he, he, his life would make a difference. And so I think it's tempting to think, well, did, did, if my child died, um, whether that's a stillborn child, a miscarriage, or, or whether your child, you know, um, lives for some time in this world before before dying there's that question of did my was this experience in vain was it was it lost and um to 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 move back into that story just for a second i just wanted to share with you you know we were just hoping and praying for a miracle we were asking god to heal our son because the doctors had basically told us there was nothing that our our, our perinatologist actually said we could induce labor and deliver your baby right now but we said, God, if you're not going to heal our child, one of the things that we really want is to be able to meet him. And um, that prayer was answered. Um, Aiden was born. The doctors had told us he's not going to live through the pregnancy. Um, we made a decision to just continue the pregnancy, and he we, he went to full term. He was born. He weighed nine pounds, one ounce. We had this beautiful, beautiful, healthy-looking baby. Um, still had the problem with his heart, but uh, instead of being in immediate distress, he, he was in in, in really amazing shape, and he, we were able to take him home from the hospital. We had him at home with us for eight days, and so uh, that's part of what I was saying when I said, don't miss the, the little answers to prayer. Like, God didn't give us that one big prayer that we were asking for, like healing our son, whether that was from some sort of miraculous healing or from using medical science to, to be able to give us a solution. But all along the way, he said yes to little uh, little things, and they and they and it amounted to us really being able to meet Aiden, have an incredible experience. So we were able to introduce him to our friends and family, and then afterwards, one of the things that we realized going forward, uh, you know, after he died, is just the sense that you know this is either going to make us bitter or it's going to make us better, and 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 so saying, okay, God, we can't change the fact that this happened. But how can you use this experience? Because, you know, Romans teaches us that in, in all the things that we experience, God is working to bring about something good. And, and how can good come out of this kind of a loss? Well, we've seen that over and over again. One, one quick example is that we, uh, we went to a support group about three weeks after uh, our, our loss. We went to a support group. And I remember talking to my wife on the way there. It was a, a group specifically for families that have ex- experienced perinatal loss. And on the way there, I remember saying to my wife, maybe somebody's going to be here 
who can look us in the eye and say, I'm five years out from this loss and you're going to be okay. And we got there and we realized there were five other couples there and we were the, we were the older experienced. I mean, literally all five of those other people had lost a child since we had lost Aiden. Like there was no one there. And about a year later, after we had been attending that group regularly, we were at a place where we were like, you know what? We could be done with this. This has been really blessing. It's been we. It's helped us to move through some really important things in our healing and our grief. And we looked at each other and said, "Let's be that couple. Let's be here for five years. Let's keep going to this group and stay engaged with people who are experiencing this loss because we can be that couple that can look at them and say, "Hey, you're going to make it through this." And I love that promise from Philippians one six, where where it, it says that you know God began this good work in you, and He's going to be faithful to carry it forward. That's a promise that we've been hanging on to. These are some great words about finding joy in life's toughest times from Pastor Greg Phillips of Pleasant Valley Church, who will be the keynote speaker at First Friday at Adventist Medical Center. What's really funny, Greg, is you've reminded me of a song by Steve Green, who sang it to benefit Adventist just last year. And one of his albums was titled after the song called The Letter. And the overall gist of the song, The Letter, is... Our children are like letters that we write to the world. And are these letters eventually pointing people toward Christ? So I think that the way that you've dealt with your grief and helped out others brings hope. So I love the fact that you're willing to share about this. And I hope that you are able to entertain and engage with and inspire others all at once. So before we head to break in about a minute or so, could you tell us, what words of comfort people said, or would you like to tell us something that you might not want to say to a couple who's going through a loss or a tragedy? Yeah. Well, a couple of things come to mind. Yeah. Uh, one of the worst things that we heard in our support group is, you know, commonly some some people, well-meaning Christians would say to, to, to families that just lost a little one, well, God need another angel in heaven. No, that's not why, that's not why this happened. Um, that's, that's, please don't, please don't let someone speak that kind of uh, a message into into this kind of a situation. I think sometimes we we we're at a loss for words, but sometimes the best thing could be just to say, you know what? I don't even know what to say, but I care about you, and I'm going to be here with you over the course of the next months and years ahead, giving people an opportunity to to uh, to enter in um, and share. Because basically, when we go through grief, a lot of times people are ready for us to be over our loss, you know, a few weeks after it happens. But it takes it takes months and years. We all grieve differently. Some great words of hope from Pastor Greg Phillips. One of your turn to Difference Makers. More with Pastor Greg right here on True Talk 800. True Talk 800. Thanks so much for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. And don't forget about Adventist Medical Center's First Friday, a non-denominational worship experience right in the hospital setting of Adventist Medical Center on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205 in Portland. I'll leave all the details up 
at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. And this time, the keynote speaker is going to be the Associate Pastor of Pleasant Valley Church, Greg Phillips. So, Greg, thanks so much for coming in and joining us today and for all that you've done within the community. And do we have uh, good news coming to Happy Valley, in particular to the neighborhood of Pleasant Valley Church, for us to be excited about? Absolutely. It's exciting. Uh, You know, Pleasant Valley 20 years ago was a little country church out there on 172nd and Sunnyside Road in in Happy Valley. And uh, we have just seen an explosion of growth in the last, even just in the last five years since I've been there. Uh, And what we realize is that um, there's just more and more people pouring into the area. I think like 1,800 housing units are going in right around us, some high density housing as well as single family dwellings. And and, you know, a, a huge new Fred Meyer shopping center and everything there on the corner of 172nd and Sunnyside, just a few blocks away from our church. And on the one hand, you know, it's easy to think about like, well, man, our country, beautiful country setting or whatever. But no, we we realize that um, this is an opportunity for us to be able to, I mean, it's like God is sending people our direction to be able to, um, to be able to reach out to. And, you know, I mentioned that uncommon love, that's our theme this year. And to find ways to be a blessing and 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 to to really reach into the community and 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 offer offer something um, offer hope in the middle of uh, difficult times and offer peace in in a time where you know people aren't necessarily feeling that peace in their daily lives and stuff. So we just consider it a blessing to be able to continue the strong ministry that that's been happening there at Pleasant Valley. You know, in next uh, two weeks from now, we're celebrating. T- uh, pastor George has been our senior pastor at Pleasant Valley Church for. Uh, 20 years. He came there February 14, 1998. And um, to see what God has done uh, in in the life and ministry of this man who's been a friend and a mentor to me over the years, um, we knew each other. We actually worked on the staff at another church uh, together before, um, about 20 years ago, before he came to Pleasant Valley. And to um, have the blessing of his consistent witness in my life um, has just been such a rich experience for me. He's a, he's a man that I enjoy being around. We get to work together. That's a pretty cool thing. But he's also been just a, a, a huge mentor for me and pointing me to the truth of the gospel and, and reminding me over and over that we we come back to the cross and we're, we come back to the, that place when, when we're on our knees in front of the cross, receiving the grace that God offers us there. As Pastor George says, we're in the perfect place to be able to wash the feet of our brother and sister. We can never look down on someone when we're on our knees at the foot of the cross, right? We will be happy to keep Pastor George Gaynor in our prayers as he is recovering health-wise. But what a gracious man. He and his wife yeah. had me over to interview when... Pastor George was going to speak at First Friday, and they made me dinner. They put their poor dogs outside. I felt bad. <laughs> so in the back, but every so often you'd hear a bark here and there. But yeah, you I'm met so Sisu, glad to hear that. His dog Sisu is, as he says, the ambassador of peace. My dog, on the other hand, is not an ambassador of peace. Tilly Jane will bite you if you look at her wrong. So uh, we try to keep her away from people. <laughs> So now that you're raising a couple of teenage girls, do you have any great words of wisdom or advice or anything that God has shown you or your wife, Sandy, of late? Well, uh, thank, thanks for—that's a that's a, an open-ended question. I think uh, my my girls are teenagers, and I'm growing a big beard. Maybe it'll scare the boys. I don't know. That, yeah, that please, might... <laughs> please tell us about the beard, because I have to admit, I was stumbling through a bunch of social media and websites to find you not clean-shaven. <laughs> and there was the one picture I could have posted, but you had Christmas tree ornaments 
Okay, all that was you, a, like, no. Let's not use that. That was a one. momentary lapse of judgment. Actually, funny funny thing is that, that picture was taken. We were shooting a little Christmas video with the kids from our church. By the way, it's another plug for our for our our YouTube channel. We're past Christmas, but come on, it's a dose of Christmas cuteness. You can check it out there on the uh, PVC Life uh, YouTube channel. Anyway, we were shooting a video for uh, for, for Christmas, and um, yeah, it was a weak moment. My daughters made me promise to never do that again. It won't happen. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't need to say much about the beard, other than that beards come and go. I understand you're going to be growing one, Mike. Looking forward to seeing your shaved head and the beard here coming in the future. Your wife's at home, you know, dying right now. <laughs> She's just cringing. Well, you know, the bald spot's not getting any smaller. And my late mom used to suggest for we're talking decades that I should have a comb over from the side over the top of my head like my delightful father used to. Have so, mercy. Anyway. I got a text message, true story, from a woman in our church this morning who said her daughter's been growing out her hair, a little three-year-old, and they're talking about donating to Locks of Love. And then she said, Mommy, who could we give this to that needs hair? What about Pastor Greg? I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so words of wisdom for parenting. Here's the thing. We're, we're, we're all living our stories the best that we can. You know, love each other. At the end of the day, I feel like if I can go into the end of the day knowing that my kids have my heart and I have theirs, it's all going to be okay. We keep um, we keep moving forward together um, toward the calling that God has given us to just live live out His love. And we get it wrong, but that's that's where forgiveness comes in. Um, we have questions that we don't have have answers to. That's where faith comes in. The reality is, we all face the same kinds of experiences in life, but as Christians. We still we don't get a, a, a get out of jail free card. We, we we don't. It's not like when you become a Christian, you, you know, God says, "Okay, cool, now you can you can live the rest of your life in ease and never have any challenges." But we face we still face the difficulties, but we face them with faith. And faith says God is bigger than the stuff that I'm dealing with right now, and He has a plan for my life that's bigger than what I can see right now. And He's a specialist in Plan Bs and Plan Cs. If you are attending a church or were raised in one that gives the implication that if you become a Christian, your life will be easy, I think that they were missing the boat. We do face struggles and adversity and tragedy, but we don't face them alone. That's right. We got to read the Bible. I mean, that'll be a cure for that kind of thinking. And, and, and if we read the whole Bible, I mean, I, dealing as a parent who lost children, I'm so glad that that the book of Job is included in the Bible, because Job was a man who said, my hope is all dried up and gone. I, I wish that I would be better off if I had never been born. He said that in that moment, he was acknowledging the reality of his experience. That's the same Job that not very long later was saying, I know that my Redeemer lives. And by faith, I'm going to see him stand upon this earth. You know, it, it, it's this sense of even coming to the place where Job said, if he, if he slays me, if he takes my life, I'm still going to trust him. And I think that for all of us, there's this sense of like moving in our life from the the raised fist at heaven where we're demanding to know why God to the open hand and to the place where we come in our lives to God and say, whatever comes from you, I'm going to receive it because I know that you somehow know the end from the beginning and you know better than I do what, what I need to experience the things that, and, and we don't walk through these things alone. We walk through them with God by our side, and he puts people around us who walk through them with us. Not only is he entertaining and encouraging, but he's pointing people toward Christ and to the Word of God. You can check out Pastor Greg Phillips and the good people at Pleasant Valley Church on their website, pvclife.com, where they have a full service on live stream. That's pvclife.com. And PVC Life 
on the YouTube channel has a collection of their sermons and messages. And perhaps you're ready to check out Pleasant Valley Church. Well, why don't you join them Saturday mornings at 9, 10, or 11.40 on Southeast 172nd Avenue in Happy Valley, just north of Sunnyside Road. And make sure to check out Pastor Greg as the keynote speaker at First Friday. That'll be at Adventist Medical Center on Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. On our way out, Pastor Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. And is there anyone you want to send a shout out to? Wow. Uh, I just want to say thanks to all of my young adult ministry uh, volunteers at Pleasant Valley Church. They're a group of young adults who are amazing. They love Jesus, and they're looking for more and more creative ways to express that love to other people. So all my PVC young adult peeps, love you guys. Got to love that about Pleasant Valley Church in Happy Valley. And don't miss Pastor Greg at First Friday at Adventist Medical Center in Southeast Market Street, just south of Mall 205. All the details are on our website, truetalk800.com, on the Difference Makers page. And thanks so much for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.